Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for December 6, 2021. On this podcast, I teach the word of God on a daily basis every weekday, and I share it with you in a way that, that is digestible. I give it to you in chunks so that you can apply it to your daily life so that you can become, over time, the man, the woman that God destined for you to be so that you can leave a mark in this world. It is a mark that you are destined to leave. You will leave a legacy of righteousness because you're receiving the word of God, you're applying it, and you're being changed into the very same image of what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. On this morning, I have a lot to share with you about how to withstand, how to overcome anything. This series has been a blessing to so many. I want you to open up your heart to receive. All right, so with that said, let's get into the word for this morning. I've been teaching this series entitled Weekend, Withstand and Overcome Anything. This is part 51 of the series, part 51. The title of today's message is Faith is Fueled by Joy. Faith, your faith, you're called and commanded to walk and live by faith. And I've been teaching about joy. For the last week or so, I've been teaching about joy versus happiness. And so now I'm going to make the connection between faith and joy. Your faith is fueled, empowered by your joy. Let's talk about it. Second Corinthians chapter four. This is the passage we've been studying beginning at verse one. The Bible says now it's because of God's mercy that we have been entrusted with the privilege of this new covenant ministry. And as a result, we will not quit. We will not faint with weariness. Now we are like common clay jars, right? That carry around this glorious treasure on the inside of us. We are, we are carrying around the glory of God. We are glory carriers. We are not the content where the container and we're the container that carries around this glorious content. And God set it up this way so that the power that emanates from our lives could be seen as God's power, not our power. It's all about him. Verse seven, no, verse eight, though we experience every kind of pressure, we're in this world, but not of this world. Yes, in this world, we're gonna experience challenges and tribulation. But watch this, although we experience every kind of pressure like anyone else in the world, we as born again believers, we're not crushed. At times it is true that we don't know what to do, but watch this. Quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but we know that God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down at times, but we know that we're never knocked out. We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies. But this is so that the life of Jesus can be revealed through our own bodies. We consider living to mean that we are constantly being handed over to death for Jesus' sake. But this is so that the life of Jesus can be revealed through our humanity so the world can see Jesus in us. So then death is at work in us, but it's releasing life in you. Verse 13, now we have the same spirit of faith that was described in the scriptures. Paul was like, man, in the Old Testament, they said, first I believe, then I spoke in faith. He said, in the New Testament, we also believe, then we speak in faith. Verse 16, so no wonder we don't give up. We have an outer man that is gradually wearing out. We try to slow it down with diet and exercise, but we have an outer man that's in a constant state of degradation, but we have an inner man that's being renewed every single day. As a result, we view our slight short-lived troubles within the context of the light of eternity. We go through challenges like everyone else goes through challenges, but we view our problems and our challenges as light work, as small things. Why? Because we zoom out 
and we see it from God's perspective. And that whenever we zoom out and see it from God's perspective, it looks small, right? It's a small thing to God. We view our difficulties as the substance that is producing for us an eternal weight of glory that is far beyond all comparison. We view the difficulties that we're going through as something that's working for us. What happened to you is happening for you. Glory to God is working for me. Say it's working for me. Oh yes, it is working for me. It is producing for me an eternal weight of glory, a weighty glory. The Bible says that is far beyond all comparison. Why? Because we do not focus our attention on the scene. As born again believers, we are living by the spirit, not by the flesh. We are focusing our our attention on the unseen. The unseen is more real to us than the seen. The seen is temporary. It is subject to change, but the unseen is eternal. So uh, what I'm going to do, I normally close out the year around December 18th, and then I take a, a break for myself, you know, to kind of really digest and relax. And, and so I have about two weeks left, this week and next week. And uh, as I was praying last night about what to share with you, I'm going to close out this series, How to Withstand and Overcome Anything, this week. And then next week, I have something that I'm going to share with you to basically close out the year. And then I'm going to take a break. You'll take a break. And then we'll come back in January. So I have two more weeks this year. And uh, with that said, let me give you what God gave me for this morning to give to you. The title of today's message, once again, is Faith is Fueled by Joy. I have four things to share with you in this morning. I have a lot. So I, I pray that I'm able to get this out without rushing. And I get it out in a way that you can receive and apply to your life. Four things. Number one, here we go. You ready? Let's go. You can have joy even when you don't have any control. We, you can have joy even when you don't have any control. My pastor, Tony Brazelton, has been ministering about this, like, this joy, but also he's talked about not having control. Listen, you're not going to always have control of your life. And, and you got to understand that God never created you to have control. So let me talk about it a little bit. So part of living by faith is acknowledging the fact uh, that there is a God and you are not him. So, so yeah, part of living by faith is me uh, understanding that there's a God and I'm not him, that when you live by faith, you accept the fact that God made plans for you from the foundations of the world. And your life is about submission to and alignment with those plans, right? So it's about God's plans, not about your plans. So when you live by faith, you know that you're not in control of your life. I've shared this with you many times. There's a cross and there's a throne. If Jesus is the Lord of your life, he's on the throne and you're on the cross and you're dying daily. If, if Jesus is your Lord, that means that he's in control. You're not in control. He's in charge. You're not in charge. And so you are not in control. This life is not your own. You don't get to decide everything. You say, oh God, I wanted to do this. But God said, if God says no, God says no. And so either he is Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. So when you say he's the Lord, that means that he's in charge and you're submitted to him in all ways at all times. So when you live by faith, you realize that you cannot control the outcome of every situation. You have to trust God for the outcome because he is the Lord of your life. He's in charge. So you have to trust him for the outcome. God never created you as a believer to control every outcome. God's expectation is for you to believe him even when he has not revealed to you what the outcome is going to be. Let me say that again. Let me slow down for the people in the back. Listen, God doesn't expect you. First of all, he's not going to tell you every outcome. And he, he, he doesn't expect you to control every outcome because there's some things that you cannot control. So his expectation is for you to believe him even when he has not revealed to you what the outcome is going to be. Now, if he reveals to you what the outcome is going to be, then you can believe God for that. You can, you can call it, you can declare it, you can believe it, you can decree it, all of that. 
But when he has not revealed to you what the outcome is going to be, he's looking for you to trust him. He's looking for you to have a level of trust. He wants you to know that you trust him even when you don't know what he is doing. Let me say that again. God wants you to know that you trust him even when you don't know what he is doing, even when he hasn't told you yet, because God is God. He sits on the circle of the earth. He is your Lord. God controls outcomes. So when you're submitted to God, you have to learn to maintain your joy, even when you don't know what the outcome is going to be, or watch this, even when the outcome comes and it wasn't the outcome that you wanted, even when it's an outcome that you didn't want or you didn't expect, you still have to maintain your joy. You got to maintain your joy, even when it happens in a way that you didn't want for it to happen. Even when the outcome is not the outcome that you wanted or expected, you have to maintain your joy. Remember, joy is not happiness. For, for you to be happy, for you to maintain happiness, I covered this last week, things have to be right, go right, and stay right. That's why happiness is fleeting, right? The pursuit of happiness should not be your goal. That was a good movie, but it should not be your goal. Joy is greater than happiness. Joy is greater than happiness. So if you think you can control the outcome, of any situation, and it's something that you can't control, you are going to get frustrated because you're trying to control things that you can't control. And these are things that God never created for you to control. Now, let me explain, because some of you may be thinking, well, wait a minute, Rick, there's some things that we're supposed... Okay, listen, God has given you a certain level of spiritual authority on the earth. That's true, right? God has given you a certain level of spiritual authority and God does want you to walk in that level of spiritual authority on this planet. So when God has spoken to you about something and God has revealed something to you about any given situation, then yes, he expects you to exercise divine authority over that situation. But he will only speak to you in the areas that he wants you to do something about. So when you don't know what God is, and let me say it this way, when God is silent, right? You still got to trust him. When, when God is not speaking to you about something, it's because he doesn't want to tell you yet. And he may never tell you, right? And you may not even get the, the, the understanding until you look back. See, a lot of things with God, you don't understand it when you're in the season. You understand it later when you're looking back. And it's like, oh, that's what God was doing. So God doesn't have to explain everything to you, right? But until then, you got to be at peace. God will re reveal himself, but he doesn't have to explain himself. So you got to be at peace with the fact that God will not tell you everything. If God told you everything, you would need faith. So God is not going to tell you everything. There's a certain level of mystery associated with walking with God. There's a certain level of mystery there. And you will not live by faith effectively until you are comfortable with a certain level of discomfort, the discomfort of knowing that God is not going to tell me everything. And so until you get there, until you know that God is not going to tell me everything, and I'm at peace with knowing I'm, I'm comfortable with a certain level of discomfort, I'm comfortable with a certain level of mystery, I'm comfortable with the fact that I'm not going to be able to control everything, and I was not designed to control everything, then I can have joy on the inside, no matter what's happening on the outside, then now I'm free, I'm liberated. You get liberated when you know that you cannot control the outcome and you just enter into God's rest concerning it. And I don't know what my future holds, but I know who holds my future. And so now I'm entering into God's rest because God is God and his hand is on me and his favor goes before me. And he made plans for me from the foundations of the world. 
And he'll tell me whatever I need to know, whenever I need to know it. But until then, good or bad, positive or negative, things may go up and things may go down. My life is in God's hands. And so I'm going to have joy no matter what the circumstances are. I'm going to have joy even though I don't know how things are going to turn out all the time. I can have joy when I have no control because I know that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And so I'm tapping into the fact that I trust God even when I can't trace him. I trust God even when I don't know what he's doing. Joy comes from the Holy Spirit and it has nothing to do with circumstances. Joy comes from the Holy Spirit. Watch this. So I can be in the middle of a painful situation. In a minute, I'm going to talk to you about Jesus. I can be in the middle of a painful situation. I can endure pain like everyone else, but people around me don't even know I'm going through pain. Why? Because I have joy. I have joy. Glory to God. And so me, Rick Pena, I've gone through painful situations and nobody, no one knew it on the outside. Why? Because I still had joy on the inside. When you can, when you have joy, you can go through pain and pain will not have you. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Number two. Oh my God, I have a lot. Living by faith means you're living with an expectation of the manifestation of the will of God in your life. Living by faith means that I'm living with an expectation of the manifestation. See, joy anticipates the manifestation of what God revealed. Joy anticipates, joy gives you a level of expectation that God is going to do what he said he's going to do in my life. When God reveals something to me, and he, he reveals something to me when he does, it is future to me, but it's past to him for him is already done. He's already seen it. So now I'm living my life with an expectation of the manifestation of what God said. And I have joy when I think about it. Glory to God. I, now I may not know when it's going to happen. It may not happen right away. Things may get worse before they get better. But regardless of the circumstances, I live with an expectation of the manifestation of God's promises in my life. And I have joy that is not tied to earthly conditions. I have joy. Listen, I'm living with an expectation. I'm living with a joy that I know that it can happen at any time. Glory to God. I get up every morning knowing that it can happen at any time. Some things that God has deposited in my, in my heart that have not happened, you know what? It can happen today. It can happen at any time. So I'm, I'm living with a joy. I'm living with an excitement. I'm, I'm living with a level of expectation that God is going to do what he said he's going to do in my life. And so I'm looking, I spend time looking into the future that God promised for me, that, that he revealed to me. And I get joy when I think about it. And it's a joy that far exceeds any pain that I have to endure between now and then. Say amen to that. Number three. Whatever pain we experience now pales in comparison to the glory that will be revealed in, with, and through our lives as we're traveling down the path to our purpose. In Romans chapter 8, verses 16 through 18, the Bible says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so, that we suffer with him, we may also be glorified with him. Watch this. If, if we want to be glorified with Jesus, then we got to be a partaker of the fellowship of his sufferings. We have to suffer. I know people don't like to talk about this, but we have to suffer with him so we can be glorified with him. And then Paul says, but don't worry about it, though, if you suffer. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared 
with the glory which shall be revealed in us. See, I rejoice. You can rejoice when you meditate and you medicate on what God said. Even Watch this. Even when the earth hasn't caught up with it yet. Joy is about you reminding yourself that it's only a matter of time. Joy, you can rejoice when you know that the earth hasn't caught up with heaven's reality yet. You go into your prayer closet and you see one thing. You come out of your prayer closet, you see something else. But you can rejoice, glory to God, knowing that it's only a matter of time before the before the earth will catch up with heaven. Yeah, people look at you and they don't understand you because they don't understand the reality yet. They haven't caught up with who I am yet. They haven't caught up with the reality of what God has deposited down in my heart. So I can rejoice even when the circumstances on the outside don't line up with the reality that I have on the inside. And this is why 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 from the easy to read says, we live by what we believe is going to happen, not by what we see with these eyes. So, So I can see stuff with these eyes that hasn't caught up with the reality of heaven yet. And I'm living by what I believe, not by what I see. I'm living by the unseen, not by the And so I can still have joy. I rejoice. I rejoice when I choose to look not at the things that are seen. I I, I rejoice when I choose to look not at the things that are seen. I'm living by the unseen. Matter of fact, the unseen is more real to me than the scene. What God reveals to me in my prayer closet has to be more real to me. If God said it, that settles it. It's it, period. It's gonna happen. It's only a matter of time. So what is seen. What down here, like the email, you're waiting on this to happen. You're waiting on the judge to make a decision. You're waiting on the finances to change. You're waiting on the bank to release. You're waiting on this. Those things are temporary. Those things are subject to change. But what is unseen, what God told you, will re- reveal to you, those things are permanent. It's only God cannot lie. If God revealed it, if God said it, it has to happen. He, God cannot, it is impossible for God to lie. So if he revealed it, it's only a matter of time. So it's only a matter of time before I see in my hands what I've already seen in my heart. And so so I'm live, I can rejoice in the middle of a storm because I have something I'm believing God for. I have something that God has revealed to me. And the unseen is more real to me than the seen. This is how I can have trouble on every side and not be troubled by my trouble. I can have trouble on every side and I'm not moved. I, 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 why? Because I am not living by the seen. I'm living by the unseen. And, and then this enables me to have joy. Number four, and finally, last point for today, let's talk about Jesus. Jesus chose to look not at the scene. Jesus chose to look at the unseen and he got joy. Let me talk about it. Hebrews 12 and two, King James version. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. And he said it, and he, then he went and sat down at the right hand of the father, right? In the Hebrews, uh, that same verse in the easy to read, it says, we must never stop looking to Jesus. He is the leader of our faith. He is the one who makes our faith complete. Watch this. He suffered death on a cross, but he accepted the shame of the cross as if it were nothing because of the joy. How did he accept the shame of the cross as if it were nothing? The pain of the cross as if it were nothing because he had joy. Because of the joy that he could see waiting for him on the other side. And now he's sitting down at the right hand of the father. Jesus is sitting down at the right hand of the father. He's not sitting down because he's tired. He was sitting down because he's done. Mission complete. His mission was not easy. His mission required pain. He endured the pain. He endured the pain of the cross. Why? Why Why did the cross become light work for Jesus? 
because he had joy, because of the joy that was set before him. Listen, he was looking past the seen. He was looking at the unseen. He was looking past the now. He was looking at the future. He was looking at the unseen. There was a joy that was set before him. Glory to God. And so he was living not by the seen. He was living by the unseen. As Jesus is, so are you. In this world, you can do what Jesus did. You can get joy thinking about, listen, even when circumstances are bad, you can get joy when you're thinking about how what God has already said is only a matter of time. You get joy because you know that what God revealed in the unseen is only a matter of time. This series is about your ability to withstand and overcome anything, right? How are you going to do that? You're going to do that when you get joy. You will be no stronger. Look at me. You will never be any stronger than your level of joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You will never be any stronger than your level of joy. It takes no faith to complain. People that complain, they have no joy. They, they just, but it takes faith to, to rejoice in the middle of a painful situation. And when you are rejoicing in the middle of pain, in the middle of a bad situation, when you choose to look not at the scene, Instead, you're choosing to look at the unseen. Now you can rejoice in the middle of a painful situation. And now you're in pain, but the pain does not have you because the joy of the Lord is your strength. You are anticipating the will of God. Hebrews 12 and 3, easy to read. The Bible says, think about Jesus. He patiently endured angry insults that sinful people were shouting at him when he was up there on the cross. Think about him so that you don't get discouraged and so that you don't stop trying. Think about that. He says, as I close, the Bible says, think about him. Think about Jesus on that cross. He endured all the pain. He looked at people's faces, the same people who just a few days earlier were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, were now shouting, crucify him. He looked at those people. He endured pain. He endured those people betraying him, turning their backs on him, stabbing him in the back, and he looked at them and the Bible says, think about him so you don't get discouraged. Think about him so you don't stop trying. Think about him so you can have joy. Even when people laugh, uh, turn on you and stab you in the back and they smile at you in your face and stab you in the back as soon as you turn around, think about Jesus. They did it to Jesus. They will do it to you. The joy of the Lord can be your strength. No matter what painful situation you're going through, there is joy that is set before you. The Bible says, think about him so that you don't get discouraged. Think about him so that you don't stop trying. Think about Jesus so that you're not moved by your circumstances. Think about him so you can have joy. Joy is what fuels your faith. You can have faith at all times because you can have joy at all times. Glory to God. I got through it all. Praise God. Let's close out this message with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Do this by faith. You're going to speak words of faith from a believing heart. Say, Father, this is a season of leveling up for me. I level up by making your joy my strength. My faith is fueled by your joy. I am able to rejoice in every situation. Things have to be right go right, and stay right for me to be happy. But I can have joy no matter what's happening on the outside. I have joy on the inside, and it is not contingent upon the outside. 
Jesus endured the pain of the cross because he looked past the pain for the joy that was set before him. Jesus was able to rejoice even in significant pain. As Jesus is, so am I in this world. In the middle of pain, I still have joy. I can have trouble on every side and the trouble will not have me. I rejoice in my Lord always. Your joy is my strength. Your joy fuels my faith. This is why I can boldly declare and believe that greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word, so please apply, apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages and you want my notes, I covered a lot today. Don't, you should want my notes. I give them to you for free. Sign up. Go to todaysword.org. Click on the big red subscribe button. Put in your email address there. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. This is one of those messages you might want to listen to again. Get this down in your heart. Greater is coming for me. Greater is coming for you. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy, your faith, joy is what fuels your faith. And so because we have joy, we can live by faith. Do me a favor, two things. Leave me some comments in the chat. If this message has been a blessing to you, I'll go back and I read every one of those. And then number two, I want you to share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you and Jesus loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. Thank you.